Today is January the 13th. Today, we see Jacob turn from aggression to passivity. Reading through the Bible in a year, I'd like you to read Genesis 33 to 36. Before we do, though, let's uh, take a look at what we'll see there. In chapter 33, Jacob and Esau make peace. Actually, Esau is the one that broaches the subject and says, essentially, I forgive you. Uh, Jacob uh, makes good on the gifts that he was giving his brother anyway. In chapter 34, we have a very unusual story. Um, the first part is not that unusual. Shechem, who is uh, one of the men of uh, the region, sees uh, one of Leah's daughters. Her name is Dinah. He uh, lusts after her. He takes her and he rapes her. After he rapes her, he is truly in love with her. Now he tells his father, go and make uh, an arranged marriage between Dina and myself. Um, his father goes, Shechem himself goes, pleads with Jacob to give him Dina uh, as a wife. Um, Jacob really doesn't respond. Uh, uh, they go out, Jacob apparently is saying, uh, I'll, I'll think about it. Uh, I'll consider it. Uh, let me come back to you with a dowry, a, a, a bride price. When he leaves, uh, Leah's sons go to Shechem and said, we can't give our sister to you because you're not circumcised like we are. You, your father, and all the men of your village, circumcise yourselves and we'll give you our sister. They do, and by the end of the chapter, Simeon and Levi, uh, the oldest two, uh, go to the village while they are still recovering from the circumcision and slaughter all of the men of the village. Uh, Jacob is upset, but look what happened. Jacob, who formerly was aggressive, has turned passive. He's now afraid of what will happen. Jacob returns to Bethel in chapter 35. In that chapter, he erects an altar at Bethel, and he says, let's get rid of all the pagan idols that we have. Now remember, Rachel had brought the pagan idols from her father's house. Apparently, Jacob has found out about that, and now he disposes of those pagan idols. We don't need Laban's goods. At Bethel, when he erects the altar, God appears to him and confirms the covenant with him. In 35.11, he says, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. You'll be a great nation, even many nations. And I'll give you the land I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. Land, descendants, and blessings. All you have to do, be fruitful and multiply. At the end of the chapter, Rachel and Isaac both die. Uh, Rachel dies in childbirth. She has given birth to one son, Joseph. Now, uh, Benjamin, whom her father's name's Benoni, which means the son of my misery, the son of, of mourning. 
but changes his name to Benjamin, the son of my right hand, later. These are fallen men. Genesis 33 to 36. Genesis 33, New Living Translation. Then Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and his two servant wives. He put the servant wives and their children at the front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph last. Then Jacob went on ahead. As he approached his brother, he bowed to the ground seven times before him. Then Esau ran to meet him and embraced him, threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, and they both wept. Esau looked at the women and children and asked, Who are these people with you? These are the children God has graciously given me, your servant, Jacob replied. Then the servant wives came forward with their children and bowed before him. Next came Leah with her children. They bowed before him. Finally, Joseph and Rachel came forward and bowed before him. What were all the flocks and herds I met as I came? Jacob replied, They're a gift, my lord, to ensure your friendship. My brother, I have plenty, Esau answered. Keep what you have for yourself. But Jacob insisted, no. If I found favor with you, please accept this gift from me. What a relief to see your friendly smile. It's like seeing the face of God. Please take this gift I've brought you, for God has been very gracious to me. I have more than enough. Because Jacob insisted, Esau finally accepted the gift. Well, Esau said, let's be going. I'll lead the way. But Jacob replied, You can see, my lord, that some of the children are very young. The flocks and herds have their young too. If they are driven too hard, even for one day, all the animals could die. Please, my lord, go ahead of your servant. We'll follow slowly at a pace that's comfortable for the livestock and the children. I'll meet you at Seir. All right, Esau said. But at least let me assign some of my men to guide and protect you. Jacob responded, That's not necessary. It's enough that you've received me warmly, my lord. So Esau turned around, started back to Seir that same day. Jacob, on the other hand, traveled on to Sukkoth. There he built himself a house and made shelters for his livestock. That's why the place was named Sukkoth, which means shelters. Later, having traveled all the way from Padanaram, Jacob arrived safely at the town of Shechem, in the land of Canaan. There he set up camp outside the town. Jacob bought the plot of land where he camped from the family of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of silver. There he built an altar and named it El Eloech Israel. Chapter 34 One day Dinah, the daughter of Jacob and Leah, went to visit some of the young women who lived in her area. But when the local prince, Shechem, some of Hamor the Hivite, saw Dinah, he seized her and raped her. But then he fell in love with her, and he tried to win her affection with tender words. He said to his father, Hamor, get me this young girl. I want to marry her. Soon Jacob heard that Shechem had defiled his daughter Dinah. But since his sons were out in the fields herding his livestock, he said nothing until they returned. Hamor, Shechem's father, came to discuss the matter with Jacob. Meanwhile, Jacob's sons had come in from the field as soon as they heard what had happened. They were shocked and furious that their sister had been raped. Shechem had done a disgraceful thing against Jacob's family, something that should never be done. Hamor tried to speak with Jacob and his sons. My son Shechem is truly in love with your daughter, he said. Please let him marry her. In fact, let's arrange other marriages too. 
You give us your daughters for our sons. We'll give you our daughters for your sons. You may live among us. The land is open to you. Settle here and trade with us. Feel free to buy property in the area. Then Shechem himself spoke to Dinah's father and brothers. Please be kind to me and let me marry her, he said. I'll give you whatever you ask. No matter what dowry or gift you demand, I will gladly pay it. Just give me the girl as my wife. But since Shechem had defiled their daughter Dinah, Jacob's son responded deceitfully to Shechem and his father Hamor. They said to him, Oh, we couldn't possibly allow this because you're not circumcised. It'd be a disgrace for our sister to marry a man like you. But here's a solution. Every man among you will be circumcised like we are. Then we'll give you our daughters and we'll take your daughters for ourselves. We'll live among you and become one people. But if you don't agree to be circumcised, we'll take her and be on our way. Hamor and his son Shechem agreed to their proposal. Shechem wasted no time in acting on this request, for he wanted Jacob's daughter desperately. Shechem was a highly respected member of his family, and he went with his father Hamor to present this proposal to the leaders at the town gates. These men are our friends, they said. Let's invite them to live here among us and trade freely. Look, the land is large enough to hold them. We can take their daughters as wives and let them marry ours, but we'll consider staying here and become one people with us, only if all our men are circumcised just as they are. But if we do this, all their livestock and possessions will eventually be ours. Come, let's agree to their terms and let them settle here among us. So all the men in the town council agreed with Hamor and Shechem. Every male of the town was circumcised. But three days later, when their wounds were still sore, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, who were Dinah's full brothers, took their swords and entered the town without opposition, and they slaughtered every male there, including Hamor and his son Shechem. They killed them with their swords. They took Dinah from Shechem's house and returned to the camp. Meanwhile, the rest of Jacob's sons arrived. Finding the men slaughtered, they plundered the town because their sister had been defiled there. They, they seized all the flocks and herds and donkeys, everything they could lay their hands on, both inside the town and outside in the fields. They looted all their wealth and plundered their houses. They also took all their little children and wives and led them away as captives. Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You've ruined me. You've made me stink among all the people of this land, among all the Canaanites and Perizzites. We're so few that they'll join forces and crush us. I'll be ruined and my entire household will be wiped out. Why should we let him treat our sister like a prostitute? They retorted angrily. Chapter 35 then God said to Jacob, Get ready and move to Bethel and settle there. Build an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob told everyone in his household, Get rid of all your pagan idols. Purify yourselves. Put on clean clothing. We're now going to Bethel where we build an altar to the God who answered my prayers when I was in distress. He's been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave Jacob all their pagan idols and earrings, and they buried them under the great tree near Shechem. They set out a terror from God spread over the people in all the towns of the area, so no one attacked Jacob's family. 
eventually. Jacob and his household arrived at Luz, also called Bethel in Canaan. Jacob built an altar there and named the place El Bethel, which means the God of Bethel, because God had appeared to him when he was fleeing from his brother Esau. Soon after this, Rebekah's old nurse, Deborah, died. She was buried beneath the oak tree in the valley below Bethel. Ever since, the tree has been called Alon Bakuth, which means the oak of weeping. Now that Jacob had returned from Padanaram, God appeared to him again at Bethel. God blessed him, saying, Your name is Jacob, but you'll not be called Jacob any longer. From now on, your name will be Israel. So God renamed him Israel. Then God said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. You'll become a great nation, even many nations. Kings will be among your descendants. I'll give you the land I once gave to Abraham and Isaac. Yes, I'll give it to you and your descendants after you. Then God went up from the place where he had spoken to Jacob. Jacob set up a stone pillar to mark the place where God had spoken to him. He poured wine over it as an offering to God and anointed the pillar with olive oil. Jacob named the place Bethel, which means house of God, because God had spoken to him there. Leaving Bethel, Jacob and his clan moved on toward Ephrath. But Rachel went into labor while they were still some distance away. Her labor pains were intense. After a very hard delivery, the midwife finally exclaimed, Don't be afraid. You have another son. Rachel was about to die. But with her last breath, she named the baby Ben-Oni, which means son of my sorrow. The baby's father, however, called him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is, Bethlehem. Jacob set up a stone monument over Rachel's grave. It can be seen there to this day. Jacob traveled on, camped beyond Migdali there. While he was living there, Reuben had intercourse with Bilhah, his father's concubine, and Jacob heard about it. Now these are the names of the twelve sons of Jacob. The sons of Leah were Reuben, Jacob's oldest son, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun. The sons of Rachel were Joseph and Benjamin. The sons of Bilhah, Rachel's servant, were Dan and Naphtali. The sons of Zilpah, Leah's servant, were Gad and Asher. These are the names of the son who were born to Jacob in Padanaram. So Jacob returned to his father Isaac in Mamre, which is near Kiriath Arba, now called Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac both lived as foreigners. Isaac lived for a hundred and eighty years. Then he breathed his last and died at a ripe old age, joining his ancestors in death, and his sons, Esau and Jacob, buried him. Chapter 36 This is the account of the descendants of Esau, also known as Edom. Esau married two young women from Canaan, Ada, the daughter of Ellen the Hittite, and Aholibamah, the daughter of Anna, the granddaughter of Zibion the Hivite. He also married his cousin Basamath, who was the daughter of Ishmael and the sister of Nebaioth. Ada gave birth to a son named Eliphaz for Esau. Basamath gave son to a, birth to a son named Ruel. Aholibama gave birth to sons named Juash, Jalam, and Korah. All these sons were born to Esau in the land of Canaan. 
Esau took his wives, his children, his entire household, along with his livestock and cattle, all the wealth he had acquired in the land of Canaan, and moved away from his brother Jacob. There was not enough land to support them both because of all the livestock and possessions they had acquired. So Esau, also known as Edom, settled in the hill country of Seir. This is the account of Esau's descendants, the Edomites, who lived in the hill country of Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons, Eliphaz, the son of Esau's wife, Ada, and Ruel, the son of Esau's wife, Basimoth. The descendants of Eliphaz were Teman, Omar, Zepho, Gatam, and Kenaz. Timnah, the concubine of Esau's son, Eliphaz, gave birth to a son named Amalek. These are the descendants of Esau's wife, Ada. The descendants of Ruel were Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah. These are the descendants of Esau's wife, Basimoth. Esau also had sons through Aholibamah, the daughter of Anna and granddaughter of Zibion. Their names were Jewish, Jalem, and Korah. These are the descendants of Esau who became leaders of various clans. The descendants of Esau's oldest son, Eliphaz, became the leaders of the clans of Taman, Omar, Zephal, Canaan, Korah, Gatam, and Amalek. These are the clan leaders in the land of Edom who descended from Eliphaz. All these were descendants of Esau's wife, Ada. The descendants of Esau's son, Ruol, became the leader of the clans of Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah. These are the clan leaders in the land of Edom who descended from Ruol. All these were descendants of Esau's wife, Basamath. The descendants of Esau and his wife, Aholibamah, became the leaders of the clans of Jewish, Jalem, and Korah. These are the clan leaders who descended from Esau's wife, Aholibamah, the daughter of Anna. These are the clans descended from Esau, also known as Edom, identified by their clan leaders. These are the names of the tribes that descended from Seir, the Horite. They lived in the land of Edom, Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Anna, Dishon, Ezer, and Dishan. These are the Horite clan leaders, the descendants of Seir who lived in the land of Edom. The descendants of Lotan were Hori and Heman. Lotan's sister was named Timma. The descendants of Shobai were Alvan, Manahath, Ebal, Shepho, and Onam. The descendants of Zibion were Allah and Anna. This is the Anna who discovered the hot springs in the wilderness while he was grazing his father's donkeys. The descendants of Anna were, the, were his son Dishan and his daughter Aholibama. The descendants of Dishan were Hemdan, Eshban, Ithran, and Keran. The descendants of Ezer were Bilhan, Zavan, and Akan. The descendants of Dishan were Uz and Eran. These were the leaders of the Horite clans, Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Anna, Dishan, Ezer, and Dishan. The Horite clans are named after their clan leaders who lived in the land of Seir. These are the kings who ruled in the land of Edom before any kings ruled over the Israelites. Bela, son of Beor, who ruled in Edom from his city in Dinhaba. When Bela died, Jobab, son of Zerah from Basra, became king in his place. When Jobab died, Husham from the land of the Temanites became king in his place. When Husham died, Hadad, son of Bedad, became king in his place and ruled from the city of Avith. He was the one who defeated the Midianites in the land of Moab. When Hadad died, Shemaiah, from the son of Mazrekah, became king in his place. 
When Samla died, Shaul from the city of Rehoboth on the river became king in his place. When Shaul died, Baal-Hanan, son of Akbor, became king in his place. When Baal-Hanan, son of Akbor, died, Hadad became king in his place and ruled from the city of Pau. His wife was Mehitabal, the daughter of Matred and granddaughter of Mizahab. These are the names of the leaders of the clans descended from Esau who lived in the places named for them. Timnah, Alva, Jepheth, Aholibama, Elah, Pinon, Kenaz, Timon, Mibzar, Magdiel, and Iram. These are the leaders of the clans of Eden. According to their settlements in the land they occupied, they all descended from Esau, the ancestor of the Edomites. Today we saw Jacob turn from aggression to passivity. The pendulum swung, and it, it, it swung too far. Uh, today we need to seek balance in our life. Know when to speak up, know when to assert yourself, know when to be passive. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll talk about knowing when to keep your mouth shut.